0: Hello everybody and welcome. We are live from the bunker. This is the Super Secret Underground Bunker here at World Headquarters at Sci-Fi for Me. My name is Jason Hunt. I am the editor here at sci fi What a weekend. What a weekend. We got we got grapes planted at the compound. And um Friend of mine, friend of mine, is very impressed that we're a we're a vineyard now, and I say yes, we're going to start calling it the grapes of wrath of Con. <laughs> uh, we are broadcasting live to Odyssey Facebook and YouTube. We've also got this show available as a podcast on various different platforms. The live chat's active. The comments uh, anytime, if you're live or not, you can uh, leave a comment that way. Feedback by email. Uh, the email address live from the bunker at sci-fi-for-me.com. We do invite you to like and share because you know I guess that's kind of a thing here on on the on the interwebs. We are 31 away from 2,100 subscribers on YouTube, so slowly growing, slowly growing, slowly growing. Headed for a high of 94 degrees here in Kansas City, which means it's a perfect time for coffee. We've got our coffee brand coffee from Jeremy over at the Quartering, and uh, I will be doing a live brewing review. I'm not sure when it'll either be. It'll probably be tomorrow afternoon after the show, but live brewing review. So basically, what we're gonna do it. hasn't I haven't even opened it yet. We're gonna open the bag we're gonna brew a, a, a pot of, of coffee brand coffee live on the air and see if uh, if Jeremy's uh, if Jeremy's actually saying this is this is good stuff or not and worth it so you're anyway. doing all right so it is a heck of a week Dan Danford joins us now. And <laughs> Dan, welcome, sir. Um, I do we. It's it's one of those things where I sit there and I say, okay, well this this topic has been something that just kind of bounced around uh, a little bit uh, for for a number of weeks. And we got an email that uh, said hey we've got this guy who can who can do an interview on the collapse of of the cryptocurrency and and all of that and of course he's he's kind of ghosted but it's worth the it's worth the time I think to talk about just what's going on with cryptocurrency because yeah it's it's not doing really well right now is it
1: It's uh, been a tough um it's been a tough couple of months in the crypto markets.
0: <laughs> well, so okay, so um what shall we do here? Let me pull this one up. I guess this is this is a, a good enough headline to start with. Bitcoin drops as much as seventeen percent, falling below twenty-three thousand as two hundred billion dollars wiped off of the crypto market over the weekend. This is uh this is from June fourteenth. And this is the i guess catastrophic uh i mean how how bad is this really that this is that this is going on here
1: well I, I saw uh something in the last week i can't even remember the source on it but it basically said that you know two-thirds of the people who own crypto are now underwater So whatever they bought it at, it's worth less than that now for some two-thirds of the buyers. And my guess is that's, you know, a totally new experience for many of these folks. Um, They bought in because they were convinced that uh, trees grow to the sky. And uh, here we are, the tree did (laughs) not grow to the sky. And in fact, many of them have endured catastrophic losses. I mean, if if you put $10,000 into something and today it's worth three
0: thousand dollars that's pretty tough to stomach yeah well and and as as cam points out here this, so is everybody that put money into the stock market or retirement accounts in the last two years I mean not,
1: but yeah but not crypto crypto hasn't
0: been a has hasn't been in, uh, just the only place where there's taken a no. you know they're taking a financial hit.
1: But uh, I think what we, you know, so one of the things that we see long-term investing and, you know, I've been at this for 40 years now. But, you know, volatility, um, the, the more speculative an investment is, the greater the volatility. So there's no question that this crypto market that has developed over the last five years or so is highly speculative. As, mm-hmm. as Warren Buffett and others have pointed out. You know it doesn't generate income it you know it, it is just a certificate basically and you're relying on everybody's assessment of that value to you know drive the price up and it's worked really well in the last five years uh, unfortunately when people get spooked that uh, there's not an intrinsic value there to prop the price up yeah. you know it really is what somebody else will pay you for and that's you know it has just dropped Terrifically. Now that doesn't mean it's the end of the market forever, yeah. but for many of these people, it will be the end of their investing in crypto. So does uh, this once it, people get burned, yeah. you know, they, they aren't interested anymore.
0: Is this the the electronic equivalent of a run on the bank? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'd
1: say that's right. Absolutely, it is. Um, you know the headlines and all the major papers saying that the stock market is is going to hell you know it's it, it it spooks everybody a lot of people jump out the market price falls other people then will step in like i i saw a really good article this morning talking about elon musk and how he's buying crypto assets now yeah um because the price has dropped so dramatically but that takes a lot of fortitude it is really hard to buy when prices are dropped that far
0: well he's a big he's a big advocate of uh sure. dogecoin isn't he Is yes it, Yes. Know. okay yes but
1: it this article said that wasn't the only crypto you we owned.
0: <laughs> well and i would imagine it's like anything else if you're if you're investing in things you want to diversify your portfolio so you don't get a hit from one thing although we see that strategy didn't help disney no no no
1: no no <laughs> that's exactly right i mean uh when, when you're in a panic market, all those correlations go to one. So it doesn't matter which ones you're buying. They're all going down. So, Which is which is, is not, really weird. It's because not
0: you, you know, you have, you know, I, I mentioned Disney. You know, they, they invest in all of these different things. You know, property and resorts and, and travel and, and media. All of this different thing. And you would think that that would insulate them in some ways from taking a hit in particular parts of the market but it doesn't seem to have worked exactly like that because diversification, I mean, we always hear diversification protects right. protection right. on some level. Here they are 94.34 and continues to go down. Uh, I don't know, maybe at 80 I start buying. <laughs> well, see, that's, so, yeah,
1: so, I mean, you, you set the peg. Where is the peg? What, where am I going to start buying it? Yeah. But the difference between stocks, and real estate and bitcoin is that you know no matter what the price drops to on a house it is still a house it is still a place you can go move into it still has value in being four walls and a place you can stay
0: you have a physical
1: asset yeah no the same thing's true with disney you know you may hate disney you may not like where it's going you may not like any of those things but it still has assets there is a a number there that they are generating profits. They will have revenues going forward, et cetera, et cetera. With crypto, that's all unproven, you know, so it is completely speculative. And a lot of the reason why some people were in it is because it had jumped a thousand percent, you know, well, that's unrealistic in the long run, and this is the price you pay for jumping into something like
0: that. I think this is probably the same kind of thing as it, you look at NFTs, for example. Yes. One one of my big uh, causes for concern, one of the reasons for reluctance to get into any of that, is that it's all in the ether it's all out in the web and it's electronic and it doesn't really exist you know you buy an nft you don't have something that you can hold in your hands as a tangible thing i mean i buy i buy a phone i have a phone in my hand and there it is i buy a comic book i buy a a dvd i you know i i buy stock i've got a piece of paper or certificate that says that i own stock in a particular company with an NFT and and with crypto, it's there because somebody says it's there, right. and I've always had issues with this. Well, you you can ask Mindy. I've I've always been distrustful of the cloud in general, but when it comes to finance, right.
1: I, yeah, it, that, that's I mean, um, that's there are people out there, like, for instance, who will not own stocks because it's just a certificate kind yeah. of thing. But they love gold or they love real estate because you can go kick the tires. You can actually hold it in your hand. Mm-hmm. OK, well, this is another step removed beyond even the certificate. This is a certificate assures that you own some percentage of the company. Right. Yeah that that's an intangible but it is uh, because we have property rights in the United States It is has some value some intrinsic value not the case with crypto and but I'm not I mean I, I still go back to my same premise which I've had for some time now is that it's the blockchain that has the potential value not Bitcoin or Dogecoin or any of the others so much and and those currencies those bitcoin you know that proves the value of the blockchain it may take a while for that it's kind of almost like the internet it took a while for it to develop and then it changed everything yeah
0: except uh one of the things at the core of this cryptocurrency collapse is the fact that celsius which is one of the various different cryptos got hacked yeah
1: and and that's not supposed
0: to happen That's not supposed to happen so so this this magic strongbox blockchain thing that's supposed to be, you know, the, the alchemist's answer to security everywhere on the internet all the time forever, isn't. So, how does this affect confidence in the just the idea of a blockchain in general?
1: Well, I don't know exactly where the hack occurred, but you know the, these these like Celsius and and Coinbase and all these things. Those are actually depositories. They actually hold your digital certificates, et cetera, et cetera, your tokens and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. The question is whether they hacked into the custodian, the actual holder of those things, or did they hack the blockchain itself? Presumably, supposedly, you aren't able to hack into the blockchain if that's violated, then it changes the, the surmise of the entire thing. But I don't know.
0: Yeah. Well, and that means, that means my brave rewards might not be worth the, 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 the <laughs> paper it's printed on. Right. I mean, right now I'm, I'm looking at, I'm looking at 12 whole dollars. Yes. Well,
1: <laughs> it, it may be worth more, but <laughs> I keep hearing the ads on my radio station that, you know, uh, you know, $100, no, $10 invested in crypto mm-hmm. 10 years ago would be worth $600,000 today or something. You know, I, I don't doubt the validity of that, that claim, but that doesn't necessarily indicate that those kinds of returns are coming in the future. In fact, yeah. it seems unlikely.
0: Well, and you look at some of these headlines I mean, crypto bubble is bursting. Will crypto bur- currency prices recover? And then you got Motley Fool over here. Crypto crash. Will prices ever recover? I mean, there's a lot of doom and gloom here. Yes. You well, here's Vox. That's usually,
1: a, that's usually a buy sign.
0: Crypto's winter is here again. How long will it last? Uh, and then we get into... But see, then then we get into people trying to take advantage of things. Here's, here's CNBC. A crypto lending app tried to take over a whale account to stop it from collapsing the system well is this legal
1: (laughs) well the legality of digital stuff uh is uh is is still unfolding so we don't know but there was there is no question that there has been a market uh in the last few years for using cryptocurrencies to borrow uh and lend and make high interest rates and there was a claim that you know you could put your $5,000 to work in a crypto in a Coinbase or something like that and be paid 8 or 10 percent, you know, a year instead of the 1 or 2 percent you're getting someplace else. Well, there's no such thing as a free lunch. I mean, if that's true, and I'm sure there were people who made that kind of money, but it also means that, um, that, that, that there's a lot of risk attached to that. And if you seriously like that headline just indicated. Well, if a whale owned, you know, let, let's just say, for instance, $500,000 of, of Bitcoin, okay? There. And you loaned them a bunch of money to buy more or whatever, you're going to run into a, a call just like you would if you had a brokerage account where you had securities. You well, know, sometime you have to, yeah, you have to pay the pipe
0: I'm reading on this. This is a company called Solend. They're an app that lets users borrow and lend funds without having to go through intermediaries like you're talking about. It says they had a single whale sitting on an extremely large margin position, potentially putting the protocol and its users at risk. Um, The account concern had deposited 5.7 million SOL tokens, I guess whatever the Solend company's token is, accounting for more than 95% of deposits. Against that, it was borrowing $108 million in the stable coins, USDC, and Ether. So okay, so this guy has has bought imaginary money in order to borrow imaginary money. Am I reading that right?
1: Right because but he has he has he has borrowed more imaginary money
0: than, than what he's and, actually owned. And
1: bought more imaginary so so when the price starts falling, people are saying, hey. We want our money back, kind of thing, you know. Because if his, if if the, I mean, you know, the the coins he bought are the collateral for the loan. Right. Right. So if the value of the collateral drops, you have no recourse, which is what happened here. Basically, it's you know, like a it an se- option call.
0: It seems like we've heard this story before <laughs> with I, regard yes. to something yes, like uh amc uh gamestop i mean I, is this the it's same the kind same of thing? story
1: it is uh, and i i think uh it's hard for people to understand but you know in a sense it, it, people there, there everybody knows that there are gambling addicts at the casinos right <laughs> that that there are people who go to the casino and spend every nickel they've got and borrow more money to spend more, thinking that it's all going to happen. Yeah. Some of those people gravitate to the investment markets and they operate in these really speculative areas because these are the areas where you can make you know, 500 or 1,000% profits. They're forever taking on big bets and the bets may be legal. I mean, I'm not saying they aren't legal, but I'm also saying it's fueled by the same kind of, of frenzy. The same, you know, they've always said fear and greed drive the markets. Well, uh, especially when it comes to a gambling addict or something, Uh, some of these people, they make tons of money, but they're also taking ridiculous risks.
0: Well, J twenty eighty says it may be big in the USA, but I don't see people in my area invest in that. It may take a while for, for it to pick up in my area. I'm not sure. Jay, Jay, if you could tell us where you are, I'm curious uh, where, where in the world that is the case, because. It seems to me that crypto is just kind of taking every place by storm. It's all crypto. Oh, crypto, crypto, crypto. You know, Bitcoin and Doge and Ethereum and whatever it is that Facebook was trying to put together or whatnot. But I see this stuff and I'm thinking... You know, the first thing that pops into my head is Ponzi scheme. Because at some point, like you say, there's, a, there's going to be a call. There's going to be a moment where I'm going to sit there and say, okay... I'm going to liquidate my crypto, give me my money. Give me my actual money. Right. Yes, exactly. And even and then it's not real money because Well, it is it's, if, if it's, you
1: cash back out again, you get your dollars back.
0: Well, so, yes. You know, that's possible. However, if I if I'm if I'm doing that, I'm I'm putting it on a card or I'm right. putting it into an account at the bank and it's still not real. It's, 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 it's zeros and ones and it's digital. And yes, there's a record that says that I've got this money, but then I got to go. And and if I'm, if I'm expecting the, the zombie apocalypse, I'm going to be going and I'm going to be cashing out and I'm going to hand, you know, give me my physical currency and I'm going to go buy precious stones and gold and silver. And I'm going to, you know, grab a cabin in the mountains somewhere and go hide.
1: Well, I mean, that's know, the, the only way to say safe. Do it. Yeah, no, no. I always tell people that's great, but show me how you fill up a tank of gas with a, a lump of gold. Yeah, you know, it, 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 it it's not practical, even though I understand the the idea behind it. Um, well, and I you know, the,
0: I think there's value in having cash in your pocket just just because. But you know, every every debit card, credit card transaction gets tracked. I mean, you've got. But it's all electronic. It's all something where there's a tag somewhere and it doesn't really, it it exists because we say it exists.
1: Well, yeah, that's what, that's the definition of what's called a fiat currency. I mean, uh, the United States dollar is, is sound because we say it's sound. Um, (laughs) But, but, you know, the interesting thing is, is the reason why the United States dollar is the uh, coin of the realm throughout the world. IS BECAUSE WE HAVE THE stablest POLITICAL GOVERNMENT IN THE WORLD. SO WHEN THEY SAY A DOLLAR IS WORTH A DOLLAR, IT IS MORE BELIEVABLE WITH US THAN IT WOULD BE WITH SOME OTHER COUNTRY AND THEIR CURRENCY. THAT, I MEAN, SERIOUSLY, I KNOW PEOPLE ARE SKEPTICAL, BUT THAT'S WHY PEOPLE WHO HATE US STILL USE U.S. DOLLARS, YOU KNOW, IN THE I mean, you know, the, the, the people, the, the oil producing companies that absolutely loathe us still do their business in dollars because it's the stablest currency in the world. Yeah. Well, and, and, and it's because of our political
0: stability. How much more stable would the dollar be if we went back to a gold standard? I mean, well, I, I know that's, that constantly gets brought up. It's been since the yeah. 70s since uh, since that was the case, but we the, just. The challenge
1: with that is there isn't enough gold. <laughs> You know, that, that's, I mean, there was a point in time where the amount of currency in circulation um, could be backed by, you know, a, a dollar of gold, everything. Mm. But as the populations have exploded and all that kind of stuff, it's no longer practical in the way that it used to be practical. So it really is a fiat currency. I mean, it really is the stability of the government. that. But even now, you know, we're looking at, You know, the the other side of that, which is if you print a bunch of money without, you know, I mean, just because you say we need more money in circulation, it deflates the value of those dollars, which is why. I mean, that is the real reason why the Federal Reserve and the United States government wants to control inflation. It's not because a tank of gas costs you so much money. It's because they need to have a stable currency.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, on that note, let's, uh, let's take a real quick break, and we will come back okay. and talk about the impact that the Fed's decision from last week is going to have on all of this. Right. Uh, so, uh, anyway. All right, all right. Stand by. We'll be right back. If you unsubscribe to our podcasts, our legion is doomed. This is Sci-Fi For Me Radio. It's like, okay. Hey, hold on. You've got somebody... And all he does is put on some glasses and slicks back his hair and nobody knows who he is. Nobody recognizes him. It's, 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 it's like that that uh, that scene in, in the Green Lantern movie where she looks at him and is like, how? You know, it's like you just put on a mask and you expect me not to recognize you? The H2O Podcast, Monday night at 8, only on Sci-Fi For Me TV.
1: Good Morning Multiverse, Saturday morning at 11, 10 Central, only on Sci-Fi for Me TV.
0: Back live from the bunker. Jason Hunt here along with Dan Danford. And I didn't really introduce you this time, Dan. It was almost like, well, yeah, everybody knows who Dan is. Dan is the founder and CEO of the Family Investment Center here in Kansas City and St. Joseph, Missouri. Dan, thanks for being here, by the way. Now, now now suddenly your audio is gone. <laughs> Hello there! Oh, there we go! There we go! There we go! Sorry. Oh, fun times! Fun times! Fun times! Right? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, it's those Stone Martin weasels. I export them now. <laughs> uh, gremlins! They're out there! They're out there! Yeah. So yeah. okay, so last week, the Fed comes in and they said we're going to hike the we're going to hike the uh, the interest rate by 0. 075 percent, and everybody went. Uh, uh. <clears throat> because it was such a higher-than-expected amount. What impact does that do? <clears throat> well, we saw a bounce in the market. I mean, the markets just did one of these little hiccups all through. I mean, Dow Jones, Standard & Poor's, uh, NASDAQ, everything. I mean, individual stock went, whoop, and everything kind of blipped for a second. And then settled back down lower and kind of started, I mean... What kind of impact does that have when the Fed tinkers with the interest rate?
1: So the the only real tool that the Fed has is short-term interest rates. So they can raise that rate and it basically, you know, what it is, it's the rate that banks loan money to each other on overnight. Is essentially what that number is. But then all banks and everybody have to adjust the, the 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 interest that they charge for loans and things like that, so while the Fed can change that short term rate, they have no control over what happens with the longer term rates. I mean those are based on other people making judgments and so what we 've seen, of course, is that the uh, the mortgage rate has jumped up to the highest it 's been since two thousand and eight well you know, that's in a relatively short time. I mean, we were talking the end of last year, rates uh, on real estate were still very low. They've jumped way up there. Now, that doesn't mean you can't buy a home. It just means that it's more expensive to buy a home. right? And it probably affects the price on new homes because people are saying, well, a payment that I could have afforded at 3%, I can't afford at 6%. So it does make a difference. But that's what they're trying to do, The Federal Reserve Board is trying to slow down commerce. They are trying to slow down the business activity uh, that takes place in the United States. And it will. Um, The question is, how much will it? Uh, We have one quarter of reduced GMP if you have two quarters in a row it's considered a recession. Yeah. So we know last quarter was reduced gmp, it was lower than it had been before. If it comes in this then then technically we are in a recession. That doesn't necessarily mean horrible things, it just means that the the economic activity in the United States has slowed from where it was, which means fewer jobs, you know all that kind of stuff all the different things fewer houses being built fewer things being manufactured fewer things being sold they but, want to slow the economy they don't necessarily want to put the economy in a recession and that's the tough situation they find themselves in yeah. is trying to slow things without stopping things
0: but doesn't it fix things to just print more money I mean, <laughs> well, isn't that what the, the answer been to doing. everything? Right? We just print more money. Ah, right, well, you know, you, and the irony is, if I decided that in order to fix my economic issues, I just print more money, I go to jail. Right? <laughs> it's almost seems like a little there, bit of a double standard there.
1: <laughs> that there is a, of course, you know, the, what I tell people is economics. First of all, is art and science. So even though you can read the numbers and things like that, they aren't definitive. They are. You can look back and you can say, well, when we've done this 12 times in the last 10 years, this is what happened every single time. But that doesn't necessarily mean it will happen the 13th time because there's too many different factors out there. Uh, There is a school of economics now that has developed over the last four or five years that says printing money by a government doesn't matter. Okay, and and you have heard, if you followed things, people like AOC and others have actually talked about this. You know, everybody should have. We should have, you know, a minimum income for everybody in the United States and right. stuff. And we don't need to worry about economic activity. Just print the money and send it out. <laughs> well, people who have uh, more of a fundamental understanding of economics think that that would be terrible. But the people in this new school, they cite data and stuff that says, well, we've printed extra money, it didn't matter, blah, blah, blah. So, again, it's art and science, and, you know, we don't know exactly. Just because you do something and it's worked before it doesn't mean necessarily it's going to work going forward.
0: I, I think historically one could make the argument that Marxism and socialism has never worked before. But, you know, we, we just haven't done it right yet. exactly yeah
1: exactly people tell me that you know i i'm never getting my money in the stock market because i did that once 20 years ago and i lost my money so i'm never doing that again and i I always want to say well you know maybe you bought the wrong thing maybe you did it wrong maybe you got in at the wrong time i mean just the fact that you had one bad experience doesn't make all those experiences bad right right it's the same thing here is You know, the people who believe in those kinds of socialism and those kinds of things, they're going to change their belief just because we say it doesn't work.
0: Yeah. So how does how does something like that apply to cryptocurrency? Because you're going to have this thing, this crash or whatever correction or, you know, the bottom bottom drops out and, and everything goes away. And there are still people who are looking at this and saying, well, you know. Eh, this is not that not that big of a deal. Here's a headline from CNN Business. Here's why crypto experts are shrugging off the Bitcoin crash, and the way you you know you're talking about uh, some different things as far as you know market forces in in stocks and investing and stuff. A lot of times when things when things go low, that's when you buy, and then eventually it right. goes higher, and you, the, the ideal is you buy low, you sell high. Crypto, I would assume, would work the same way. Yes. Maybe? Assuming, well, no, I, I think that's
1: right. Anything that can go up in value 1,000% can certainly go down in value 100%. <laughs> so that shouldn't be a big surprise to us. Yeah. I guess the question is, does this prove that cryptocurrency is fundamentally not real okay I mean is this the proof that says hey people aren't going to buy this anymore it really doesn't work it's not what everybody thought it was and so crypto is dead if that's the case then buying in would be a mistake it's not been the case in the past with you know every time somebody has said that about any particular product it's not been the case I personally one of the things that had not yet happened in crypto is we hadn't seen the sort of settling down that comes as something becomes more mainstream i mean part of the reason why it was getting these ridiculous returns was because it wasn't mainstream yet you didn't have people buying in millions and millions of dollars of it and as you buy those in it should become less volatile this may be the start of something like that although i won't rule out that you know Bitcoin may be done or Ethereum may be done. That doesn't necessarily mean that it's all done.
0: Yeah. What about the fact that this being this being blockchain, the fact that it's not regulated the same way, right. not regulated yep. at all? I mean, I don't know how much how much anybody is actually looking into the ethics of it and the legalities of it. And, well, you have to do it a certain way in order for it to be legitimate or not. I mean, it's just out there. How much, how much well, think, is that going to have to change in order for this to actually be a legitimate currency? Whether it's Ethereum or Bitcoin or whatever else, right. yeah. There's there's got to be some structure.
1: I think that's coming. But the interesting thing is, you know, um, like one of the appealing things about crypto is it's not tied to any one country. I mean, people like the fact that it's not a particular bank it's not a particular country it is more sort of this global phenomenon that that you know everybody who buys in is part of it but the united states government doesn't have a lot to say about it that's appealing to some people yeah. what we're seeing is that various jurisdictions are doing you know some regulation so you've got you know the, the people in China, who, who basically have cracked down on some cryptocurrency. Um, you've got some, some Central American countries that have said, basically, we're going to treat it just like money. You, you can do anything you want any you can pay your taxes in crypto if you want to. Mm. So you have a and the United States is looking at this, but I don't think they've decided yet. So um, well, and then, it, will and then go, yeah. it will become more regulated. It will become more regulated.
0: Then you go the other way, and this is an article here from TechCrunch that popped over the weekend, Iran to cut electricity to authorize crypto miners. They're basically sitting there going, nah, we're, you're done. We're not going to do it. <laughs> it's like oh, okay. Um. Yeah, Iran's relationship with the crypto mining sector is a love-hate one. The government is again restricting crypto mining activity, as it tries to ease the strain on the country's power supply. Despite knowing the promise of crypto as a way to evade international sanctions, they're looking at this as a as not just an economic thing, but a political thing. It's like, hey, we can get around all of these, all of these trade embargoes and everything else by doing crypto. But yeah, the electricity load. Yeah, yeah. I mean, cause you've got the environmentalists that are all over this thing saying, you know, it's, it's terrible for the environment. It's going to destroy the planet. Think of the penguins, you know, that kind of yeah. thing. And, and it's I'm like, okay. I mean, every, <laughs> how much electricity do you use in a day? And, and what is, Okay, whatever. I I don't know. It's just no no no. I think
1: it's 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 an alarmist view. There there is no question that Bitcoin mining, uh, the amount of computer uh, brains uh, needed to do that, uh, burns a lot of electricity, yeah. and um, and and so that th- there really is an environmental issue there. But they are also coming out some of the newer. Versions of of cryptocurrency or digital assets use less electricity, and you know that it's all it's kind of a false flag, I think. But you know, anytime there's something new, you get
0: that. I would be more concerned about the Google AIs possibly being sentient and reaching out into all of the different places in the interweb in order to have enough processing power to become a brain than i would be about crypto using electricity and having an impact on the environment. I <laughs> mean that we're going to talk priorities and so. Now Robert points out here he says listening to a Twitter group about NFTs some of them have lost hundreds of thousands of dollars. And you know that goes back to what we were talking about earlier this idea of NFT this this thing this nebulous thing that's out there and it's so, i mean yes there's a there's an impact real world impact in terms of like how much electricity it uses and all of that so you've got the after effects of a thing but you don't actually have have the thing i mean I, but, it's never yeah, made yeah. sense to me to just buy buy the rights to, it's like buying a star you know you buy the naming rights of a star oh hey here's the asteroid okay if you're going to buy an asteroid for me, I want all of the mining rights so that when we get there, I'm making bank, right? Yeah, and, and what's so
1: I can understand where somebody wants you know, the NFT of LeBron James or whatever, and some of his shots that, you know, can't be duplicated anyplace else for their own personal satisfaction. And if you have a billion dollars, then dropping a couple million on that, okay, well, that's up to you. But if you ever thought that you were going to be able to sell it to somebody for more, well, then I've got a bridge in Brooklyn to sell you, man. (laughs) I mean, it just doesn't, that, that wasn't the point. So I do believe what Bob said is right. There are people who've lost hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. They probably shouldn't have bought those with the notion that they'd be worth twice as much down the road somewhere.
0: So let me let me ask this because this is uh, this is one of those uh, this is one of those questions that we've actually talked about here a little bit. This idea of passive income. You know, you buy something in order for it to increase in value or you buy mm-hmm. something in order for it to generate revenue, generate income. You know, and you talk about you know, buying land, buying property, buying, you know, actually right. having physical assets, gold, silver, precious metals, you know, gems and whatnot. <clears throat> Is there a better option uh, the, than... Than crypto or stocks, is is it better to get into things like rental properties and laundromats and car washes and things? You best, I I own it, I have somebody run it, I rake in the cash. Yeah. So uh, the the difference, the distinction I make. And uh, people, a lot of people
1: do think of rental income as passive income, but uh, my experience says it's not. Um, the difference between me, you can put money into a rental and you could put money into the stock market. The stock market is purely hands-off. You are relying on other people running companies to generate profits that come back to you in the form of dividends or increased value of the company. Yeah. If you own rental property, the key to what you said was, you know, you can hire somebody to run it for you or you can run it yourself. But it is, in <clears throat> essence, a part-time job. Yeah. It, it, it's not passive. It is, it is using capital to generate income which, you know, is the essence of our market economy here is using capital to generate income. But they're typically, unless you're buying like a real estate investment trust or something like that, you either run it yourself or you pay somebody to run it and it becomes a part-time job, basically. People have made millions. The, the, The real reason why people make millions in real estate is because it can be leveraged. So I don't need to spend $100,000 to own a $100,000 home. I just need to spend $20,000 and make the payments going forward. And when I sell it later on down the road for more, the fact that I borrowed a lot of that capital means that my profits are higher. It is one of the few things that the typical person, a common person, can leverage and make money at. But even so, it's not hands-off. I, I've owned rental property in the past, and it, 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 and Matt owns rental property. And he'll right. tell you, he, he's involved in it on a daily basis. It is not purely passive.
0: Well, and I think, yeah, that, that's, that's a good point, because you do have that management aspect of it. But if you hire somebody... Like say if I if I go and I yeah. buy a if I buy a laundromat for example and I've got a, right. cu- a couple of people who can just sit in there and make sure nobody takes a baseball bat to a machine, then you know whatever money that comes in, you know yeah somebody's got to pull pull all those coins out and we go to the bank. But you know it doesn't necessarily have to be a a twenty four seven. I've got to be in there no, to maintain I, that, that kind of true. thing. So uh, I don't know, but but. You still have something that you can point to and say that's no, mine.
1: That's true. that's true. But the amount of you know, so say you've got a McDonalds franchise, okay? Mm-hmm. That means that used to be the ticket to millionaire status if you owned a, a McDonalds or two. Right. Well, they still have a lot of value, but believe me, you know, you hire all the work done. You hire a manager, you hire all the people who work there. Um, first of all you 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 can't hire employees the way you used to. They just aren't out there. Number two, their wages aren't what they used to be. They're much higher now. So I mean, it's not really the ticket to wealth the way it used to be. Too many things have grown out of your control. The same with the laundromat, in a sense. I I mean, I'm not arguing with yeah. What you said makes sense, but you have to decide how much you're going to charge for each machine. Even if you hire somebody, you have to decide. Yeah. Um, You have to pay the taxes. You have to pay, you know, utilities. You have to all those. There's a lot that's out of your control and that you still have to pay even in that scenario. But you're right. You do own something you can sell to somebody later on down the road, which probably puts a floor on its value. It probably says, you know, I can run it. The worst that'll happen to me is I can sell it for seventy five thousand dollars instead of the hundred thousand that I paid for it.
0: And the other part of that, uh, especially you know, like when you're talking about owning a home and leveraging it, you can right. you can use it as collateral for loans to do other yeah. things with it. I mean, you can sit there and say, well, Absolutely. you know, I wanna I wanna go. Well, see, you know, like for example, we've been talking about doing a print magazine here, just to to do yeah. like a crowdfunding thing. We'll do like well, every quarter or whatnot. I could, and I know Mrs. Boss is listening. I don't have a plan to do this. But I could, theoretically, use the house to get a loan to pay for the expenses to pay out for the, for the magazine. And that way, when the crowdfunding campaign is done, it's all of the money is, just comes back. I've already spent all of everything I need to spend to print it and pay all the contributors and whatnot. And then after that, it's just whatever money comes back, covers my expenses, and then the extra is, is profit. It's profit.
1: Yeah, and, and the truth is is that, you know, because real estate is so stable, you'll get a much better interest rate borrowing money with the home as collateral than you would if you had a, a signature loan or put something else up as collateral, right? Yeah, right? So, in essence, having that real estate and having some equity in that real estate allows you a lot of options when it comes to borrowing things, Um now, I, I'm an advocate. I, I, I believe pretty strongly. I don't want to have real estate that's paid for or completely paid for. I know there are a lot of people who that's a big thing for them, so I don't argue with them. But in my personal circumstance, I don't want to have a whole bunch of money tied up in a piece of property that's appreciating by 2 or 3% a year. Yeah. In the long run, that's what happens.
0: Well, and I, and I would say that, you know, the house, the house, the compound, all of the office, every everything here is worth much more than the $12 in, in, brave, in brave crypto that I've got sitting out there. I don't I don't even know how to set up a wallet for this stuff. I'm like, where do I put this? What do I do with this? I got this note here that says that I have 33.5 brave tokens for this month. $12 uh US. I'm like, okay, and what do I do with this?
1: I, yeah, how do I know, turn it into $12?
0: Exactly, yes. I want to put that $12 yeah. in my pocket because I got to go to Sonic and get a hamburger. You know, it's, it's exactly. that kind of thing. Like, I, I, just, don't, I just don't get it. I don't, one of these days, maybe I'll understand it because, you know, it took me a while to get, wrap my head around the idea of a podcast. I was like, oh, wait, no, it's radio that you record. Okay, now I get it. Right. But this this cryptocurrency thing, it just doesn't seem like it's worth it.
1: Well, it, it, there, it needs to be refined. And it will be refined in the marketplace. Yeah. And so, you know, what it ends up being five years from now may be pretty considerably different from what we've got today.
0: I, okay. <laughs> I'm going to take your word for it because I look at it... I, is is cryptocurrency going to be around 5 years, 10 years from now? Is it, okay, let, let me let me ask it a different way. Is okay. there a possibility that cryptocurrency is a fad and it's pet rock and it goes away completely collapses inside of 5 years? Gone. Like just just poof disappears. No value to it, everything collapses, it's completely worthless.
1: I think there is a possibility that that's true. Um, I, I don't think it's a strong possibility, but I, no matter what happens to Bitcoin and Ethereum and all the others, the blockchain technology mm-hmm. is going to continue to grow and evolve over the next five years or 10 years. I do believe that. and um, so you know from an investment standpoint there are some investments you can make out there you you can you can buy shares in companies that are doing research on the blockchain that are experimenting with it and things i think that there are people maybe it's overhyped but there are people saying that the blockchain could be as as instrumental as the internet was 15 years ago it could, it could change our lives that much I don't know whether that's right or wrong, but I can see that it does have a transformational nature, and that is likely to continue.
0: Given given how the internet has given rise to social media, and how much of a cesspool social media is. Yeah. Yes. Do we really yep. want blockchain? creating that much of a transformation to for for us <laughs>
1: well maybe not but but you'd also have to say i mean you you nailed it that's probably the ugly side of the internet yeah but from a commerce side of the internet it you know it there have been untold billions of dollars and a lot of real refinements um I, I mean i know i understand the issue that a lot of mom and pop stores have gone out of business because of amazon so i see that Mm -hmm. but i also see that i can go on to my computer and i can choose between 15 different choices of something and have it at my front door tomorrow in some cases today that was not there before you know what i'm saying so there there have been some real positives from the internet as well
0: so somebody's going to have to be a Jeff Bezos or an Elon Musk or a a somebody to sit there and sit there and say, okay, here's how we actually use this thing and profit from it, benefit from it. Something, because right now it's just kind of there.
1: Well, you know, they're so, and they, they all have case studies that they use or case ideas that they use to propose But like one that's really interesting to me is, you know, um, uh, land titles and things you know where every county in the united states certainly and probably around the world has land records that used to be kept on paper right right, right. and so if you wanted to buy or sell something you had to go research it and all that kind of thing well if you truly had a, a, a ledger that could not be altered you know that all of this would be done You know in the cloud someplace but not think of the redundancy that that removes um you know for every counter having every county having those kinds of records that anybody anywhere could go to that blockchain and look up the records and it couldn't be changed until i actually did sell it to somebody else kind of thing It, it could transform some things that that you know that we're traditionally used to but being able to do that could move us forward in a lot of ways too.
0: See, but what 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 impact would that have on on companies that are connected to the mob that have two sets of books? Well, well, <laughs>
1: see, that's part of that. No, seriously, I've got a friend, and I, I've told this story before, but I have a friend that's uh, in the freight business, yeah. and he's really he's he's a pretty important guy in the freight business, and they're interested partly because. There's so much graft and corruption around the world when freight moves from one country to another. Sure. That the you know the the customs process and all that kinds of stuff. There's bribes paid. There's all kinds of stuff. Well, if they had a ledger that revealed everything and couldn't be altered, it might. Their their theory is it would remove a lot of that graft and corruption out of the system. And so they see it as a as a potential real positive. Now, whether it ever realizes that or not, I don't know. But it's it's interesting to think about.
0: Yeah. Well, and I can see, you know, there there are always good with the bad. I mean, every technology. Yeah, exactly. You know, technology is a tool just like everything else. It's not inherently evil. It's how it's used. Right. Uh, so, okay, I mean... Find cryptos here, blockchains here, but I, I don't necessarily have to. I, no, no, no. I, and just, it's,
1: I get it. There, yeah. there is potential bad about it, and uh, but but I, I do think there's enough potential good about it that that keeps it hanging around. say. yeah, I mean, the real thing behind Bitcoin, honestly, in my mind, was it kind of proved. That blockchain works. I mean, in one particular instance, mm-hmm. we can see that this record could be provided, that nobody else can duplicate, nobody else can hack, nobody else can... That was that was why Bitcoin happened and why what happened with it continued to happen. Right. I, I don't think Bitcoin is ever... It's not a currency. It's too unstable to be a currency. But it did prove that the blockchain works. So that it, it did its purpose.
0: So what happens next? I mean the yeah well the the cryptocurrency collapse. I mean, is it going to correct itself, or, is, or are we in well, freefall for a while?
1: No, I think it will. It will correct itself, at least some. I don't. I'm not sure it'll. You know, it may take. There are even times, you know, where the, like if if you look at that. So I started my company in 1998, and uh, that was a long time ago. But the stock market was here. And it took ten years for it to get past here. Honestly, yeah. it was it was pretty pretty quiet for ten years. I think cryptocurrency likely will come back. Will it go back to the levels it was? I don't know, and I don't know how long it might take for it to get there. But I I don't think you know this is the end. But
0: we'll see. Jay says in the chat, Bitcoin will take some time to grow with the masses. The same thing was said and believed uh, about online education. Uh, I, which is a good point. I I think I think some of it though, in terms of online education, we kind of got railroaded into that though with the lockdowns of the last couple of years. I wonder but that how sped much that
1: technology. I mean yeah. that, that that did it sped things along. And... But
0: uh, I wonder where we would be without that. I mean, it, you, yeah. you have and and really, you know, cryptocurrency. One of the things that I see a lot of times in discussing. You know, the advantage of crypto is because the corrupt government, fill in the blank, whichever one, can't do anything to it. You know, they can't track it. They can't tax it. They can't you know, all these things. And I thought, well, that kind of that kind of throws a little shade on it to to me from one side, you know, of the ethics of it. But but it also has me wondering, you know, how how it can be used like in money laundering, for example, or something yeah, like that. Yeah. So I don't know that it would. I don't know how long it's going to be before it really takes off and solidifies. Because you've got the you've got the niche group that's really into it, but the masses, you know, the the general right. population is probably going to take a while for it to for it to to catch on, maybe.
1: Well, and I think you're going to see. I mean, one of the things that's so fluid is the actual, you know coins or currencies themselves. Yeah. I mean, we're the Federal Reserve in the United States is talking about having a digital currency of their own. Okay? Well, these digital currencies are likely to happen, although, you know, if the United States issues a digital currency, they clearly have some control over it, right. whereas now with crypto you don't really. But there are some cryptocurrencies that are much closer to stability than bitcoin or ethereum or some of those anyway so uh, that may be part of the evolution is that some of the more speculative things go away but some of the more stable ones stay
0: it's an it 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 it's, it's enough to to give you the hives uh, a little bit <laughs> i guess just, yes, just thinking maybe about so. the stuff i don't know All maybe right. so well, we will see how it plays out. Of course, the 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 up and down in the market is continuing, so we'll keep an eye on it. And if right. this if this guy who's who's supposedly an expert uh, ever resurfaces again, maybe we'll come back and revisit and talk to him right, about yeah. it. and See what yeah. happens. So, in the meantime, uh, where can people find you for uh, for yeah. f- investment advice?
1: Yeah, I, I, I need to just say, most of this is speculation on my part. I don't own any Bitcoin. I don't, none of that. I, I own <laughs> yeah. some companies. I own some companies that, you know, are interested in blockchain, but I don't own the currencies themselves and don't really intend to. And um, as we've thrown the, up the, the, yeah. the graphic here, for yeah, those of exactly. us listening to this I'm podcast, not, this is all just, yeah, no. this
0: is just discussion, not That's right. uh, anything. So,
1: I, do have a company called Family Investment Center that's in the Kansas City area. We have offices in St. Joseph and in Lonexa, and you can look us up online if you want to.
0: All right, so there is that, and let me see where I'm going next. For us, uh, you can find us on all, uh, a number of different social medias, uh, including some that use blockchain and... Uh, and crypto and such. Uh, we're on different uh, uh, four different video platforms. We've got a tip jar there at PayPal that you can send us, send us a little bit of crypto yourself, and and see what happens. And I don't know. We'll we'll just we'll just go from there. Coming up tonight, we've got a new H2O uh, H2O podcast uh, at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 Central. We have tomorrow. Uh, author Steve... Oh, I'd have to look and see what his name is. I, I I, just blanked on it. We've got an interview tomorrow, and then Wednesday, Judah Engelmeyer will be here to talk about the latest in the Depp Herd thing. Boy, that's a mess. Isn't that? I don't know. So, we're, we're going to do that. Plus, Tuesday night, tomorrow night, we've got a brand new... Ranker Pit. We're going to be talking about the latest episode of of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Well, they will. I won't because I haven't been watching it anymore. I I tapped out episode three. I'm done. Finished. Alright, so that's all of that. Dan, thanks very much for being here, sir. We will do this again. Our pleasure. Usually, Next time. usually, this episode is the first Monday of every month, but every now and again we'll do it on a different day. So, be watching Actually, our socials.
1: Actually, just Quick note: First Monday of next month is July fourth, so we we'll probably won't do it on July fourth.
0: Probably won't do it on July fourth, uh, so because that still means something to some people. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <That's> exactly. <laughs> right? All right, we're All right. good. Thank okay. you.
0: Thanks very much for being here, folks. Have a good uh, rest of your week. We'll be back with more later. Let's see that button there. Remember, there are four lights. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi for Me Radio. Copyright 2022 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media.